0: Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com This upcoming Friday, beginning uh, Thursday night, we will be celebrating the holiday of Tubeyav This is a holiday that is not very well known to most people, uh, but it's a very important holiday really It's like the Valentine's Day of the Jewish religion So it it says in the Talmud in Tanit, there were no greater festivals for Israel than the 15th of Av and Yom Kippur. On these days the daughters of Jerusalem would go out and dance in the vineyards. And what would they say? Young men, raise your eyes and see whom you select for yourself. And so it is written, go out daughters of Zion and see King Solomon. Uh, in the crown with which his mother crowned him on his wedding day and on the day of his heart's rejoicing his wedding day this is the giving of the Torah the day of his heart's rejoicing this is the building of the holy temple which shall be revealed spiritually in our days so it is not co- a coincidence that Yom Kippur and the 15th of Av which is this holiday the holiday of Tube Av uh, <clears throat> serve as occasions for matchmaking they're very auspicious days for shiduchim for couples to to fall in love with each other um, and it says that in the, in the days in the olden days, in the days of the temple on these two days the, the Jewish girls would come into the courtyard of the temple all dressed in white and they would start dancing and the men would hide and they would look at the girls and they would like find a mate for themselves so the interesting thing is that these girls they would not be wearing their clothes each girl would lend their dress to someone else so you never knew who was the rich girl who was the poor girl you could have a poor girl with a very beautiful ornate dress and you could have a very rich girl wearing a very simple white dress and this was done in this way so when the boys looked at the girls they wouldn't fall in love with them for superficial motives. They would really allow their hearts to connect to the heart that was meant for them. So it says here that uh, this is the day the, the, the Yom Kippur is the day in which the second tablets were given to the Jewish people. This was like the wedding day between the Jewish people and Hashem because the Jewish people are considered the bride and God is considered the groom and the tablets are like the ketubah they're like the the, the the document that we sign when we get married that uh, testifies to the marriage and um, and so this is Yom Kippur and this is the the, the, the day in which we complete the covenant of, of Mount Sinai so it is the day of Israel's betrothal to God and the 15th of Av is a day that represents the rebirth which follows the great fall of the two holy temples Uh, which the destruction was on the 9th of Av, the saddest day of the Jewish calendar. And in the 15th of Av, we celebrate the ultimate consummation of our marriage with the final redemption of uh, of Mashiach. So, after relating how the daughters of Jerusalem would go out and dance in the vineyards, and that whomever would find a favor in, in their eyes to find their, their shiduhim. the Talmud goes on to describe these three different types of uh, categories of daughters of Israel. This is in a, in a in a spiritual sense and it says that there were three types of girls one would be the beautiful amongst amongst them you would have the prestigious lineage there were girls that had prestigious lineage and then you would have the ugly ones so what would the beautiful ones amongst them say? the Talmud says look for beauty for a woman is for beauty and what would those of prestigious lineage say? look for a family for a woman is for children like look where she comes from you, you want to have good children and what would the ugly ones say make your acquisition for the sake of heaven like get married because this is what God wants from you as long as you decorate us with jewels because jewels make a beautiful a woman beautiful so the marriage of God in Israel also includes these three types of categories of brides amongst the souls of Israel we have beautiful souls we have souls that have good lineage and we have ugly souls and love, then it comes to tell us here, love, there are two kinds of love uh, that uh, the Hasidic masters teach us. There is a love that is generated by a person's mind, like when you contemplate a person, you can generate feelings of love. I always, when I teach people uh, on about the Shalom by classes, the peace in the home, I always tell the women, like, look at the good in your husband. What made you fall in love with him? Remember what made you l- fall in love with him. And to the men, too. What made you fall in love with your wife? Sometimes in marriage, we forget what made us fall in love. We're only looking at the at the negativity of, of, of the other person. We're looking at what what is wrong with them and we forget what is right. And we put so much emphasis in what's wrong that we end up not loving that person anymore. Because this is generating by the intellect when you're focused on something that is right or you're focused on something that is wrong that's what your emotions are gonna that's this is what you're gonna feel so what the the Hasidim teaches is that this is this is a love that is that we ourselves create uh, with the way we look at people so this love can develop uh, and and, and grow to be something very special or it can really ruin a marriage so then there is an inborn love that is not generated by whatever you're thinking or whatever you're contemplating on this is something that is inborn it's inside of you it's it's there, you don't have to create it it's always been there so it's like when you have a, a a newborn it's ingrained the baby has to do nothing for you to fall in love with it it's something that comes from inside so so it says here then that the inborn love that a person has not created himself he may be unaware that he possesses it you can forget that you have this this uh, love but which resides in his heart from birth and a natural bond and attraction that is implanted in his soul by virtue of who and what he is so you shall love God we were learning in the um, in the parasha that the Shema Israel it tells us that we have to love God with our heart with our soul and with our mind you shall love God is a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a commandment this is a, a mitzvah this is something that we're commanded to do we have to love God and aside from the fact that loving God is one of the 613 mitzvot it is also a, pre, a prerequisite for the proper, proper observance of mitzvot if you don't uh, Generate this love for God this appreciation for God this is you have to do so you can bring it to your heart but nevertheless there's, a, there's an inborn love for God that is dormant inside of you that can come out when you uh, experience the first one uh, but when a Jew is, is keeping Torah and it's keeping mitzvahs he has to always be generating this love for God so when he's doing a mitzvah he's doing it with love he's doing it out of, of, of gratitude to God of love, he's doing it with passion he's doing it not out of rote and because this is the way I was born and this is the way I was brought up and this became my, my way of, of life, this is a lifestyle no, you have to really put the the, the, the right kavana, the right intention into the mitzvot so it says here that mitzvots which are not motivated by a love of God are performed mechanically and er erratically only one who loves God serves him in a manner that is both integral and and enduring so our love for God also comes in the two forms described above by studying what God has revealed about himself this is the whole parasha class I gave one is by learning about God about knowing Hashem to get to know God and then uh, we're commanded to believe in God and so, uh, so one is by contemplating and meditating upon these truths. one develops the feeling of love toward Hashem when we have gratitude inside of us we see all the kindness he does for us we count our blessings there is this love that we, we generate towards Hashem so he great and magnificent being to unite and become one with him indeed this is one of the primary functions of prayer The service of the heart. This is why it's called Abodah, because when you pray, this is what what you do. You recognize Hashem. You recognize all the kindness He has done for you. You recognize He's the King of the world. And to generate a feeling of love for the Creator by meditating on His greatness and majesty. But also a person who does not succeed in creating a self-generated love by this means, can attain a love of God by restoring to the inborn love that he has inside of him that we all possess this is something that was inherited to us this is something that was given to us by our forefathers Abraham the first Jew who person of per, 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 personifica um, embodies love he is a, a haset kindness love and kindness this is what Abraham was he was all love and kindness and, um, and God rewarded him with the gift of, gift of fatherhood and this is why the whole Jewish people come from Abraham and the ability to bequeath this love to his descendants so each and every Jew has Abraham's love inside of him it's, uh, it's in our DNA, it's our spiritual makeup it's there, we don't need to go and look for it we just have to unearth it and reveal it we know it's there So the advantage of the second type of love is is obvious. Every Jew possesses it and the ability to realize it regardless of the extent of his cognitive and meditative skills or his spiritual sensitivity Furthermore, a self-generated love will always be limited by the finite capacities of the mind and the heart which have hey, created it. So the generating love, the first type of love that we create with, with our perceptions, our contemplation, our, our meditation, is limiting because we are limited. We are, we're finite. So there's a certain capacity of love. But when we tap into this inborn love, it's an infinite love because it really comes from from a spiritual place So, but there are advantages to to self-generated love as well. Though lesser in essence and scope, it is more keenly felt. You feel more the love that you generate. It's more exuberantly experienced. For such is our nature, what we create is more precious to us than what is given to us. So we know that when we work hard and we create and we earn and we did, for us, it has a very big value. When we're giving things for free, we take them for granted, we don't appreciate them. So, so he says. It says here that the, what we create is more precious to us than the most valuable endowment. What we conceive of ourselves is somehow more relevant and real than what is learned from the greater master so although the stimulation of our inherent love for God would suffice to drive our observance to the mitzvot we should nevertheless try to enhance our relationship with him with ecstasy and passion that only a love that has been created by us that has been generated by our faculties uh, can, can come into being so we really need to work on our love to God like any relationship you have you, you, you're dating somebody like you have to be nice to that person, you have to show the love, you have to show that you care, you have to show that you, that you wanna be with that person. It's, it's something that you generate, but if a person that you're going out, who never calls you, doesn't sees you once a week, is not interested in your life, doesn't care what you think, doesn't care what you're saying, then how can that love flourish? So the same way with Hashem, it, it has to be a two-way. He gives us the inherent love. He gives us that embedded, inborn quality that we have that we just inherited it by by default, by from Abraham it's there it's ingrained but also we have to give God our love so he gives us this but we have to give our, our love too so although a fire came down on the altar from the heavens it is imperative to also kindle a man made fire so when there was a time in the temple that the that the, uh, the sacrifices were offered the altar the, was turned up by a fire that came from heaven but at the same time the coin the that was doing the sacrifice had to light a match so it has to be both ways it can't go only one way street so here lies the deeper significance of the Talmud's description of how the beautiful ones those prestigious of prestigious lineage and the ugly ones among the daughters of Jerusalem conducted their courtship dance in the vineyards of the 15th of Av. so the dancing maidens of Jerusalem calling out their virtues to their prospective bridegrooms echo the call of the soul of israel to the divine groom so it's a it's a it's a a parallel relationship these girls the, the beautiful ones the ones of good lineage and the ugly ones really it's um it's also the calling of our soul among these are the beautiful souls those who have achieved the best of both worlds perfection in their love of God a passionate self-generated love set upon the foundation of inherent love so this beautiful soul is that soul that generates the love towards Hashem but also has a active that inborn love he, he works with both, both of them and these are called the beautiful women call these souls to God take us as your bride and you will be rewarded with pleasure you derive when your creations realize the potential for perfection you have invested in them so this is what these beautiful souls tell god and then there are the souls of prestige lineage we cannot offer you the flawless beauty of the beautiful sisters but we have unearthed the hereditary love you have implanted in us so it's we love you because it's it's inside of us we know we have this love it's hereditary we have it active Uh, and this a woman is for children uh, our relationship might not as of yet deal beauty but it will bear fruit so maybe our love for you, Hashem is not so passionate, it's not so ecstatic, we don't feel it so much in our hearts, in our emotions but this love for you eventually will bring beautiful children will bear fruit and the mitzvah generated by our natural love for you for it's not your ultimate purpose in creation that your creations fulfill your will our love for you might not excite our senses and illuminate our lives, but we offer you the rewards of family. So even though we're not, we don't feel this energy in serving you, we don't feel so passionate about it, nevertheless we serve you because we love you. We, we do it because we love you. And this uh, eventually will serve its purpose. Our, our love for you might not excite our senses and illuminate our lives, but we offer you re- the rewards of family. The good deeds that are the tangible, enduring offspring of Israel's commitment to the creation. So even though we are not like the beautiful daughters, our actions are going to be beautiful. So these are the children, the actions. And the ugly ones, those who have neither roused their minds and hearts to desire their creator nor awakened their hereditary love for him, and loyalty those who never created a self-generated love and whose inborn love lies doormat beneath a husk of apathy and uh, iniquity they cry make your acquisition for the sake of heaven like m- marry us just for the sake of heaven don't, don't forget us do it for your sake not for ours do it for you Hashem don't do it for us call the ugly souls of Israel take us as your own despite our appearance Because only you know what lies behind our appearance. Only you know what is in our heart. Hashem knows what everybody has really inside of themselves. You know the truth of what you can inspire in us. For you know that in truth the daughters of Israel are all beautiful. It's the truth. A soul is always beautiful. A neshama is a spark of God. It can never go wrong, you just have to tap into the right place, ignite that fire, turn on the right switch, and you will be able to produce what we can all come to produce. So the daughters of Israel are beautiful, it is only the poverty that obscures their beauty. You know that our ugliness is not our true essence. This is not who we really are, but imposed upon us by the spiritual poverty of Galut. Yes, some souls, it's harder for them to connect to God. They don't come from homes that they have seen the beauty of Torah, or, or, or they live in communities where they're very assimilated, or they live in a religious home where there's no passion and no love, where they, they're, they're devoid of this. So they, 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 they feel not the love for Hashem, they feel the other way around. So if we have failed to realize our potential for beauty and fulfillment and fruitfulness, then it is left to you to decorate us with jewels. It is up to you, Hashem, to show the way. It is up to you, Hashem, to give us the opportunity to serve you, to show us, to teach, send us a good teacher, send us to a good school, put in our lives a mentor that will ignite us, that will connect us, and to shower us with the gifts that will awaken our quintessential bond to you and bring to light our innate perfection. So I want to wish you a blessed week. I really, from the bottom of my heart, I, I wish that everybody that's looking for their soulmate finds him fast and easy he can recognize that person or she can recognize that person and together they should be beautiful daughters of Israel and and bring beautiful offspring and feel the love of God and also show the love of God so I bless you have a blessed week and live a little higher thank you